0: Every business should have access to high-speed internet, no matter where they are. But getting fast speeds in rural Canada hasn't always been easy, which meant less reliability, scalability, and connectivity. ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions has the network to help you do business virtually anywhere in Canada. With extensive fiber, fixed wireless, and satellite networks, we're bringing the high speeds of the big city to small towns, to tiny towns, and even no towns. No matter your business size or location, get connected today with ExploreNet Enterprise Solutions.
1: Are you ready to clear a new path? Welcome to Clearing a New Path podcast, a space for the underrepresented voices of women entrepreneurs in rural Canada. I'm your host, Shauna Ray. Each episode, guests will speak authentic truth because it's the truth that connects us. Each one inspires us all to take up space within our own communities and within the business world, reminding us that each path can be messy and unique. Join us on the journey, clearing a new path. In starting this podcast, I've often found it challenging to find statistics, not just about rural women entrepreneurs in Canada, but also the intersection of further marginalized groups in rural spaces. The Women's Enterprise Organizations of Canada, or WEOC, is spearheading a comprehensive Canadian survey, collecting information specifically about women entrepreneurs. The survey is looking to collect individual details about access to capital, financial literacy, and a host of many other challenges that women specifically face when it comes to entrepreneurship. WEOC is looking to hear from a wide range of women across Canada, especially those in rural or remote spaces. To find out about WEOC and about the survey, I spoke with Alison Kirkland, the agency's CEO. Alison was named the inaugural CEO of WEOC in September 2019. Since then, she has grown the organization from a board-run initiative to an integral resource for women's entrepreneurial support organizations across Canada. With strong and long-lasting connections within government and industry, Allison leads from experience with 20 plus years in communications management and a decade as a certified small business counselor. She has led the creation of comprehensive training programs and the development of innovative funding initiatives, and has had the opportunity to share her knowledge and experiences with women entrepreneurs and organizations in Ukraine and Vietnam. Allison is actively involved with the Canada 51 Venture Capital Initiative, Canadian Women's Chamber of Commerce, COVID-19 Communications Roundtable, and Manitoba Chambers of Commerce. Well, Allison, why don't we start at the very beginning? What is the Women's Enterprise Organizations of Canada, and who do you support? So Women's
0: Enterprise Organizations of Canada is a mouthful, so probably in our conversation today, I'm going to refer to it as WEOC, just because it uh, saves a little bit of time. We work with organizations that support women entrepreneurs, so those organizations that provide uh, business supports, such as uh, business advising, training, financing, all for women entrepreneurs who are looking to start and grow their business. And our goal is to provide the supports to those who are working on the front lines with women entrepreneurs and helping them, ensuring that, that the teams that are working with entrepreneurs have the resources at the ready so that they can uh, support women entrepreneurs as, as they're doing their thing, growing their businesses, seeking support in a variety of business-related areas.
1: And do you have offices like women's enterprise organizations across the nation? There are. And there's a variety. There's regional, there's provincial, there's
0: national organizations, a whole a whole variety that that do different things. Um, some of them are focused, you know, on sort of three key services, which is business advising, the financing, and the training. Others have supports in, you know, in training and mentorship and networking and events. So, there's a whole range of them. Lots in, you know, sort of from British Columbia to the east coast, um, but not quite as many in the north. And so that's an area we'd love to see um, a bit of work done to to support women entrepreneurs.
1: And what about support for rural and intersectional women? Right, and this is such an important part of of the work. Um, and
0: it, it, it's interesting, you know, you, you you know, so many organizations are located in in urban centers, but I think supporting women throughout the country is so it's so important and so I sort of joke that we are an organization for women entrepreneurs that doesn't actually work with women entrepreneurs so we support the organizations that are that are doing that work and of course they're in urban and rural communities around the country and so regardless of where you're located we want to ensure that you know there's equitable access to services to capital to learning, to um, all manner of things that can um, help a woman entrepreneur, you know, effectively start and grow her business, be successful in her definition of success and um, really be, you know, contribute to the national economy, which is, you know, supporting families, supporting themselves and uh,
1: contributing to the community and to the economy. How have you managed to do that through the pandemic? I was just thinking about this as you were speaking, Is you support all of these organizations across the country and pre-pandemic, you could have a large conference or you could bring people together in person, but how have you managed to do that during this challenging time? You
0: know, the pandemic has been so devastating in so many ways. But if we can look for a small silver lining, I would say that it has really enabled us to look at technology and bring people together um, virtually. And we have really done so much of that in 2020 just before all of this started, so early in the year, but sort of from September of that year of 2019 to February of 2020, I was traveling a lot and, you know, going and attending conferences and talking to people and doing all of that. And then by March, it all ground to a halt. But that really didn't slow us down because everybody moved online and, and we've had, you know, been able to connect across the country, our office, luckily is located in Winnipeg. And so we're sort of in the center of the country. So it's kind of nice for us because we can manage, you know, all the time zones relatively effectively. And just, you know, connect everybody online, which has been terrific.
1: Did you just have a big conference? Am I correct in in saying that? Or do you have one coming up? We're actually doing one right now. We
0: do it one of the things that we found, the first thing that we we the first event that we did, and maybe just backing up the bus slightly, WEOC was run on a on a volunteer basis for about 10 years by the CEOs of organizations working directly with women entrepreneurs. And uh, through the women entrepreneurship strategy at the federal government, we were able to establish a national office. And so we were able to sort of formalize everything and and hire staff and really dig in and, and really start to build out the resources that we were looking to develop. And so the first thing, one of the first things we did was to host a a conference, which we did in May of 2019, 2020, rather. And we did it for a full day and we just found that everybody was exhausted and it it was a lot of commitment. So we've taken our conference and we do it two days, two hours a day, two days a week for all of February. And it's an opportunity for us to share speakers and learning and connection and it's easier, hopefully, for people to maybe set aside a little bit of time rather than a whole time than a whole day. And also to focus for, you know, an hour or an hour and 10 minutes, rather than, you know, sort of having us on in the background and, you know, going about our days we you know, hopefully allowing for people to, for our participants to, to, you know, to really dig into the topic and to really engage with the others.
1: Why are you so passionate about this work? Because uh, just speaking to you for a few moments before uh, we start hit record, you are passionate about the work, so what is it about it that kind of lights you up inside? Oh golly, probably one of the things is is um I come from a very female
0: dominant family, so I have sisters, I have nieces, you know lots of women in my in my family and and wanting to s- see them succeed and have opportunities and be able to live and do what they you know, really are good at. And so that's sort of inherent in me. And then seeing the amazing women who are trying to manage all manner of, of things, families and, and businesses and all the things that come into our purview and still run successful businesses. And they're so generous with their time, with their knowledge, with their experiences. And they overcome a lot and they work so hard and they're so brilliant. And it's just so inspiring to see them lead and grow and really conquer some challenges and uh, really be role models. And so it's hard not to be enthusiastic about something like that. It's just wonderful. And um, I, I try and do Almost everything, you know, services, products, whatever, is I I really seek out those provided, made, created, delivered by women entrepreneurs. It's such an important part of our economies.
1: Totally agree. I feel the same. I feel so honoured. What keeps you up at night, though? What do you find troubling about the times that we're living in? I'm a big fan
0: of collaboration and working together, and it takes a village to do so many things and so I love the collaboration, working together. And when that doesn't happen, it's that saddens me. And so if we can do things to move women entrepreneurs forward, to create the opportunities for them, to support the work that others are doing, because there's lots of work happening in the women's enterprise ecosystem, lots of supports in place. So how do we not reinvent the wheel? How do we support all the things that are happening and ensure that the resources that are there are accessible and relevant and timely what keeps me up is 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 you know not being able to do that everybody working in a silo and and then it it's not of value to anyone it's really important for everybody to to stick together and you know the the last Two years have been certainly challenging on so many levels, and, and uh, certainly for women entrepreneurs, who many of who had to close down their businesses or stop operating even for a time, just because of the demands in so many other ways. You know, we want to make sure that there's opportunities for them, and, and you know, recognizing all of the other factors that they have to balance with, you know, children learning at home, and and you know, many healthcare issues, and all of that. So how do we create sort of a a playing field that um, enables them to run their businesses successfully and still provide the resources to, you know, to share some of the other duties that are so important to our families, to our communities, to the economy?
1: The silo piece and the collaboration piece, there are so many organizations that do support women entrepreneurs that have been around for a long time, or they maybe are new and people are human. They are run by human beings and we are all very different. And I know that that can be challenging sometimes. And the collaboration piece is crucial and critical. And I believe that women are wonderful collaborators Personally, I think that we've lived a little bit in a scarcity mindset thinking that, you know, only so many women can be at the top and, you know, all of those things play into it. It's a very complex thing. So I hear what you're saying and I agree. How do you think we can make change? You know, it's, it's a step at a time. I was listening to an early, one of your earlier
0: podcasts, it might've been your most recent one. With Sasha and the healthcare challenges, and she made a really good point that that I really agreed with was that when you put you know groups together or similar businesses together, it's a drawing card. It's not something that I have to protect my little my little corner of the world and not let anybody else in. We have to sort of open it up and you know create a reason for people to gather and to do things and to avail of a variety of different resources. And so I think that while it would be great to be the only one and, and be ideal. And, you know, it's a perfect situation and you're the only one delivering a product or a service, the competition makes you better. And so I think, you know, stepping into, you know, stepping into it and, and, and working um, as a group and, and um, trying to break some down some of those, um, so some of those silos, there's lots of work to be done. And there's lots of opportunity. And there's lots of amazing people doing lots of great work. So I don't think that there's any shortage of work that can be done. Uh, And everybody has a different specialty. And I think that that's a really important um, business lesson, right? You have to set yourself aside, you know, what, where is your niche in the market, and uh, really, you know, focus in on your strengths. And so I think by doing that, we, we all improve, and we all are able to Build our
1: organizations and serve serve our clients in the most meaningful way. Do you think we're moving the needle? I was talking um, earlier today with a, an earlier interview, an earlier subject from another podcast, and uh, she, I, I was getting an update from her, and we were just talking about access to capital and education, even in in being able to put together a business plan. Sometimes you can't get a loan unless you have a business plan. They will give you money to pay someone to do a business plan, but you need a business plan to get the loan. So what do you think we can do when it comes to women accessing the resources that they need?
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, and that has been a challenge for sure. And, 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 you know, there's all sorts of things that sort of align to make it a little bit more challenging often for women to access capital. Um, Being out of the workforce, for example, with family responsibilities and different networks, different business types. You know, often women are in in businesses that are service-based, not a lot of necessarily equity in the business or capital that, you know, can be used to support a loan. It's important that women take advantage of the tools that exist. And, and, you know, sort of going back to the whole pandemic conversation, was. You know, so much is happening online, and so much is accessible online. And maybe there's, maybe there's too much online. I I mean, I've heard some people say, like, where do you even start because there's so much to to do. But I think that there's so many resources out there, and you know, need to avail yourself, need to do the research. Starting a business isn't easy, and so you do have to work through that business plan and get it down on paper and you know, get it out of your head and, and it helps you to sort of work out some scenarios. So I'm a huge fan of business plans, huge fan of business plans. It's not just like oh, I've got it in my head, just give me the money and I'll show you what I can do. I think it's so important to to doc, document that and to identify, you know, where are you going? How are you getting there? What are the risks? Um, how are you going to overcome those risks? It's such a good exercise to really think it through. And, you know, maybe it'll help you evaluate that the idea needs a little work or or maybe it's not the right idea or maybe it's not the right time. And maybe there's, a, you know, a version of it that would be more appropriate. But there's a lot of work to be done in the business plan. So, so taking advantage of the resources that exist from so many uh, organizations that have gone to virtual tools so there's lots to, to learn and do there. And then, of course, it's, you know, how are you preparing yourself personally for financing and accessing capital and increasing your your knowledge about financing? And what does it mean? And how do you understand budgets and cash flow? And and it's not turning yourself into an accountant, but it is creating a foundation of knowledge. So it's a learning process and and you have to be willing to to open yourself up to the knowledge and take advantage of what's of so many great tools that are out there.
1: And in order to implement any kind of new strategies, you need data. So let's talk about the survey that you're currently deploying, how you're doing that, and then how are you going to use the data that you re- you collect?
0: I am so excited about this survey. Um, and it went to market this week and we are looking to, get at least 1,000 women to complete the survey. We're also going to do some focus groups and some one-on-one interviews. But the first step is the survey, and that's really going to be the foundational piece. And we are looking at women's experiences accessing capital. So, you know, how did they finance their business? You know, was it from personal savings? Was it friends and family? venture capital angel investors did you go to a bank did you use your credit card there's so many ways that that you know financing can be arranged but we want to know what the experiences have been uh, for women entrepreneurs particularly as they they look to banks and credit unions or for venture, venture capital or angel investors you know how has the experience been for them what were the Successes. What were the challenges? Where were the sticking points that made it um, more difficult? And from that, we're hoping to get is a really good picture of where women entrepreneur are at. Women entrepreneurs are at. What they need in terms of financing. Are they looking for lots of huge dollars? Are they looking for small loans? What are they using the funds for? Not in great detail, but you know that gives us sort of a, a, an indication of the, the business size and what their intentions are. And were they successful in, in accessing capital? And if they weren't, what did they do? How did they get around it? And if they didn't access it, was it a choice not to to try and get bank loans? And, and, and why didn't they want what prevented them from doing that. So we're looking to see what has influenced their decisions and what has impacted their ability. And from that, we want to be able to go back and develop some tools and talk to banks and credit unions and venture capital funds and angel investors and say, you know, this is a really important market, but there's some challenges here for women entrepreneurs that um, need to be addressed. Uh, Recognizing that it's not that you know the banks or or any of the lenders are necessarily the bad guys but it's you know what could they do to make their services more accessible for women entrepreneurs so taking some of taking what we've learned from the survey and and all of the 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 conversations uh, and hopefully um, having them take a look at the services and and maybe make some changes at the same time, we also want to create some tools to help prepare women for accessing capital, and so there's sort of two sets of, of resources that we're looking to develop. And the second set is to, you know, help women identify what they need, uh, how they need to prepare, what might they be doing to maybe negatively impacting their ability to to access capital. And so some work on both sides for sure, but certainly enhancing their their knowledge and awareness, and and certainly their financial literacy is an area that will help them be more successful.
1: And I think specifically with our audience, you're looking for rural folks as well. I mean, I I can say that I took it. I took the survey myself as a rural entrepreneur and the financial literacy piece I thought was a really interesting and good question. And I was having, again, another conversation with another entrepreneur where a large bank, A large corporation bank may have a policy that they want to improve and accelerate women's business loans or investment in women, but that may not trickle down to a small bank branch in a very small town where, you know, someone is sitting in an office and they are just going through a a checklist. So it's not, it's different. It can be very different. Rural spaces are different. We we have different needs. We have different access and not just rural, but also remote northern communities, uh, remote communities anywhere. If they don't have a bank within, you know, two hour drive or something like that, I mean, it is, it can be an issue. So collecting that data and as you say, creating tools, providing information to these institutions, uh, if you will, but also to the government, I imagine you'll make it accessible to people um, developing any kinds of programs. That's pivotal. So, and you also have some incentive in the survey. You might want to mention that too. Yes, we are. It takes time to complete the
0: survey. We've tried to keep it to about 15 minutes, but we are incentivizing it with um, two draws, $250 each. Um, So random draws of this for anybody who wishes to provide that information. It is an anonymous survey, but if they do wish to provide their information, we will be making um, uh, two draws at the end. And as you say, it's, it's so important to get hear the voices of, of all women entrepreneurs in Canada. And they are in rural and northern communities and doing amazing, amazing things. So our goal really is to to make this information accessible to urban and rural bankers and venture capital funds. None of this is one size fits all. Everybody's different. Their, their goals are different. Their experiences are different. Their needs are different. And so... You know, one form doesn't necessarily capture the essence of, of of an individual entrepreneur, and so so we need to dig a little bit deeper. And that's and that's what the goal of this uh, this survey is is about: is what are those goals, what are those needs. How can we help to move them forward? You know, it's a policy change, uh, you know, and, and granted there's all sorts of legalities and legislation around banking and, and not to diminish any of that because it's super important. Some of the other things maybe that we can address to, to make it more accessible.
1: What I will include in the show notes are two things, how people can connect with your organizations, your organization, and and you will kind of fan people out to where they need to access a local organization. But most importantly, we'll make sure that people can find that link to the survey because it's really important that, like you say, you get a wide variety um, of people participating. So we'll put that in the show notes, and people can see that on our social media and. Can we check back in with you again, Alison, after you get the results? Oh, I would love that. Our goal is to um, to have a final report uh,
0: summarizing what we found in our survey later in the spring, probably towards June, as I'd love to share with you what we've learned and, and um, some great conversations that will come from that. And we're also looking for, of course, just a, another little plug is of all intersectionalities of women, Indigenous, newcomers, all ages, we really Need to hear their voices and need to hear their experience.
1: Thank you so much for spending some time with me today, Allison. And uh, I look forward to speaking with you again very soon. Thank you, Shauna. It's been such a pleasure. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and leave a review. It really helps others find us. Clearing a New Path podcast artwork is supported by the graphic design of Katie Wilhelm, and the music branding is by It Dev Studios. The podcast is produced by Radar Media in Thames Centre, Ontario. It is the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Haudenosaunee, and neutral peoples who once used this land as their traditional beaver hunting grounds. The First Nations communities closest to this studio are Chippewa of the Thames First Nation, Oneida Nation of the Thames, Muncie Delaware First Nation, and the Chippewas of Kettle and Stony Point. We will speak to many people across Turtle Island, and as a settler here, I'm committed to deepening understanding of indigenous communities and reframing responsibilities to land and community. I am grateful to Mother Earth for the opportunity for love and connection, and to the spirits of the elders and the medicine people who still walk the earth. Until next time.